You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Right, man up, man up, man up, tell me why. <laughs> well, church, good afternoon. Uh, it's a privilege to stand before you here today to preach the word of God. You know, I really love the song, Humble Yourself Inside of the Lord, because it really breaks my heart. You know, I was wretched, and here I am today. I was in darkness, and here I am today. I was in my sin, and here I am today. I was lost out there in the world, and here I am today. I could have never imagined that I would be able to say, I want to preach the word of God to people. But here I am today. And I want you to know that this is not about me. This is not about me at all. This is all about God. And then you also can preach the word. You know, it's, it's an, it's, I want to apologize up front, not just for my crying. <laughs> I want to apologize up front for the church. You know, I know my wife and I had, had an agreement last month. I was going to tell the church that we're pregnant having our second baby. <laughs> but to be honest, I totally forgot to tell the church. <laughs> I totally forgot. And I was like, oh, but baby, you went to tell the church that we're having a second baby. Yeah, oh, I forgot. And now we're five months down the line. Sorry. So, you know, it's amazing, though, to be in the kingdom of God, because when we got our first child, I just got baptized. And I remember that day when Michael Williamson preached an amazing sermon on house cleaning. And he said, clean your house. Go clean your house. And we cleaned our house spiritually. We got baptized, became disciples, and the first fruit we had was our own baby. I mean, tell me God does not work. I mean, I've got my own testimonies. What about you? I hope you have your testimonies today. You know, on a more serious note, (laughs) welcome to church today. You know, I mean, for those who are here for the first time, I want you to know that you're not just in any ordinary church. You're in a church that believes Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead for all of us in this room today. You're in a church that says, no, we are a Bible church, and without the Bible, there is no life. Without Jesus, there is no truth. Without Jesus, there is no way. Without Jesus, there is no life. I want you to know today that we are disciples that take the word of God serious. Who has the Bible with him today? I've got my Bible. We have a Bible also? We take the word of God serious. And so, and we are a church of disciples. You come to church as a guest today, well, we want to welcome you as a guest. But most of all, we want you to be part of our family. We want you to be a brother in the kingdom of God. We want you to be a sister in the kingdom of God. We want you to be an aunt in the kingdom of God. We want you to be an uncle, whatever the case may be. Be family with us in the kingdom of God. And so, my lesson for you today that I've been given is titled, Forceful Advancement. Forceful advancement. But what, what is forceful advancement? What is that? What, what is, that's a bunch of words. What is forceful advancement? And, and any singles in the house here today? Any, any where are the marrieds in the house today? Well, it seems like the marrieds are more fired up than the singles. <laughs> and where, where, where are the teens in the house? 
campus students in the house. You know, we all want to advance in all these areas of our lives. We want to advance in our careers. We want to advance in being a teenager going to a man. We want to advance in our marriages and our relationships. But hey, the most important area to advance in is the kingdom of God. And so, tonight, what with me to Matthew 11? Well, let's, dig, let's dig right on in. Matthew 11. What is forceful advancement? I'm glad you asked. In verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. The word violence here has to do with the word beatizai in Greek. That means to forcefully advance, to forcefully push through, to forcefully push and penetrate your way through something. And it says that it's been raided by violent people. If you look at the parallel version also in Luke 16, it says something really special there that I want you to see in Luke chapter 16, verse 16. It says, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing their way into it. I don't know about you, but who forced you into the kingdom of God? Who has been forcing you to church? Who has been forcing you to get baptized? Because the Bible says you need to force yourself into the kingdom of God. whether you like it or not. You know, I forced myself into the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God also is being raided. It's being raided by evil people. Being raided by Satan and his demons. Dragging people out of the kingdom of God. But today, for those who are here with us for the first time, I really want to appeal to your hearts that you know today is a day that you can force your way into the kingdom of God. Today is a day. And in Luke 11 says that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, right? You guys know that scripture? When the disciples asked Jesus, well, Master, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, well, this is how you pray. Father, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. You guys know the scripture, right? But I want to I want to tell you today that that scripture isn't just any ordinary "May your kingdom come." That scripture says, "May your kingdom come." May your kingdom be forcefully advanced. You want to? I mean, I want to. I want to show you guys how to pray that prayer. Can I show you? Father, you're an awesome God. Oh, I love you, Lord. When I think about you, I know my life is full of joy. But Lord, let your kingdom be forever advanced. Father, I know that you know my needs. I know I'm a sinful man. Please help me with the loss of the eye and my temptations. But Lord, let your kingdom be forever advanced. 
When Jesus said the kingdom will come with power, it means you need to pray with power for the kingdom of God. So I'm just helping you to reframe your mind here today. Because Luke 11 is just any ordinary prescriptive prayer. It's a prayer that God's kingdom was forcefully advanced. Are you guys with me here today? You know, I want to give you like a history of what it means to advance the kingdom of God. I want to give you what it means to advance the kingdom of God. You know, you guys know the historical events in 480 BC, right? You guys know all that, right? Yeah. I mean, 480 BC, you guys were uh, you're, you're alive, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, Michael Hart, well, you were there, right? Yeah. <laughs> 480 BC. Oliver, come on, bro. <laughs> you know, there were 300 men in 480 BC. They were called the Spartans. Ah. And these 300 men, yeah, who, who said that? Who, who? <laughs> this 300 men, they fought 1.4 million soldiers of the Persian Empire. 300 men. 300. Zero, zero. Just helping you guys there. 1.4 million, that's six zeros there. 300 men fought 1.4. But why? Why did they fight those people? They were defending their kingdom. They were defending their kingdom. They were forcefully penetrating through the lines of the enemies. Because King Xerxes, what was he doing? He wanted to dominate the whole world. But this strong man, with your leader, Leonidas, he forcefully advanced the team 300, shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield, pushing through. And you know what made the, the, the Spartans special? They fought really, really, really close to each other. Really, so close, you could not even get an inch in between them. They had their shields against each other. And they would push, they would really push their enemies back. They would push and push and push. And as they push, they would move the enemies aside. And this battle went on for three days. 300 men, three days against 1.4 million people. Tell me that good does not overcome evil. 300 men. And at the end of the day, they would have won that battle if they were not betrayed by their own man. Betrayal kills the advancement of the kingdom of God. right now, right? We're not in Greece anymore, we're in London. And we got a population of almost, let's say 1.8 million Londoners here. And in the church, we've got almost 140 disciples. When I think of Spartans and Xerxes, I think like, wow, you know, it's like the church also. 140 disciples against 1.8 million Londoners. And, And what are we doing? advancing the word of God the word of God through London and I look forward to the day that the London church will be the London church what do I mean by that that the London church will be full of Londoners London will be the London church that the whole of London will be in the London church that we can have 1.8 million Londoners in the church how is that possible when we're unified, advancing with the power of the Word of God. That 
That's our shield. That's our spear. When the Bible says take on the armor of God, it really means take up the armor of God. Because you cannot do anything without the armor of God. Are you guys with me? And I saw, I don't know if you believe that. Do you guys believe it? I mean, it, I mean, Jesus said, you know, the guy said, help my unbelief. But you guys, if can I help you guys today? Who, who has any unbelief? Just you, you can be humble, raise up your hand. Come on, guys. Who has any unbelief? All right, all right. Oh, oh wow, that's a lot of you guys. Whoa. Give me a break, guys. I'm just, this is my first time me preaching to you guys, so I cannot solve all your problems. <laughs> Let me show you guys that this is possible. Can I show you? Yeah. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Oh no, you know what? Let's go old school. Let's start in Mark. Mark 1. Let's go, guys. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm going to go really speedily and fast through it. Mark 1. I want you guys to fall asleep on me. Mark 1. In 30 AD, Jesus called his first disciples. He calls the first four of them. What does he do? I'm going to just give you an account quickly. In John 1, he calls Philip and Nathaniel. In John 3, 22, he says that he baptized. Jesus was baptizing. Baptizing people into the new life. And then in John 4, the Bible says that his disciples that he baptized started baptizing. What were they doing? They were doing what the master taught them to do. To baptize. To make disciples. And then, in Luke 9, we see that he did something special. He sent out the 12 to go out there and advance the kingdom of God. And then he gets, okay, you know what? I need to send out even more. I want to send out 72 of them. He goes again, 72 are sent out. And then the most important event in lifetime happened. Jesus died for us, rose again, and then said, you know what? Now I've died. Now I rose again. Now it's up to you. You need to die also. You need to to give up everything you've been holding on to. Now you need to go to the ends of the earth and evangelize this world in your generation. And then teach all those people you evangelize to do the same in their generation. And then keep going and going and going and going and going. For I will be with you. That was just three years. And then 3380 comes, the church starts, kicks off. I know, I know, I know uh, Abraham was there, right? I know uh, Frank was there at that point also. But it says the church started. And then the disciples get like almost, they grew to 3,000. Why? How? Peter preached an amazing message. He said, repent and be baptized. You know, you cannot advance the kingdom of God if you're not people repenting. To advance, people need to hear the message and they need to repent and be baptized. I know that's, that's new to you guys, right? Of course not. But you would have to repent properly. It says repent and baptize. 3,000 people added to the church. And then in Acts 4, we see that that number grew to 5,000. Why? Again, Peter is preaching the message. Preaching on and on. Around 3580, the Bible says in Acts 6, that two years after the church started, the number of disciples increased rapidly. Rapidly. I mean, what are they doing here? They are forcefully advancing. 
forcefully by doing what? Preaching the message of Jesus. Are you guys with me? Bible says in Acts 8 that the church even gets scattered. And people didn't fall away when the church got started. They fell into their missionary lives. You know, you might think, well, what what will I do on my own? Well, you got your Bible. Preach the word. Preach the word. Because when we leave church today, we scatter to go and gather. Amen? And in verse chapter 11, it says that great numbers added to the church. It grew and grew and grew. And the word of God was spread around the world to the point that Paul gets to Rome and even Europe gets evangelized also. And in Colossians 1, the Bible says that at 69 AD, the known world at that point was evangelized. And I was thinking like, okay, well, how long did it take them to do this? Was it like a thousand years? 50 years? No. 36 years. That's a third of your lifetime. However old you are today, think about the third of your lifetime. That's all you need to That's That's a starting point to invest in advancing the kingdom of God. Are you guys with me? But why is this so important and how can we do this? Because without advancing the kingdom of God, how do people get to heaven? How do people get saved? You know, the first sermon I preached in my life was called Get on the Ark of God. And the reason I preached that sermon was if you're not on the Ark, the Ark will leave without you. And today I want to urge you today to get on the Ark also. If you're on the Ark, stay on the Ark. <laughs> don't, don't go out to look for, okay, maybe there's some birds outside there. Let me take a leak somewhere. No, 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 no. Stay on the Ark. And if and if and if you if you visit us for the first time today, well, I want to inspire you to know that get on the ark, come on the ark, stay on the ark, don't do anything crazy. But you know the disciples of then, they evangelized the world. Do you know how many people they were in the world back then? You guys, you guys want to know? There were 195 million people. 195 million people. But if you think about our lifetime right now, how many people have lived in this world so far? Think, think about it. You know, it's like a billion or, you know. How many people have lived in this world so far? Well, let me tell you. We see we have the same task today. There are almost 108 billion people that have lived in this world so far. When I found that figure, I was like, you know what? Who's going to heaven? Who is not going to heaven? Who made it to become a disciple? Who didn't make it? I hope you leave this place today not thinking, well, I just want to be a, a number. You don't want to be a number. Oh yeah, you lived in this lifetime. No, he lived as a disciple of Jesus. He was part of the kingdom of God. He was on the ark. And when Jesus came back, he found him in the ark. That was just my introduction, guys. Let me get to my first point now. Point number one. What does it take to forcefully advance the kingdom of God? It takes radical knowledge of who you are. Radical knowledge of who you are. Who are you today? If someone asked you, who are you? What would you say? Would you say just your name? But who are you? 
But how do you know who you are? It starts by knowing who you are not. By knowing who you are not. You are not just a worldly woman that is being used by the world. You're not just any worldly man that thinks about money all the time. You're not any worldly man that thinks about fornication all the time. You're not any worldly woman that thinks, you know what, I just want to advance my career. I want to fight for my own rights. You are the true, true child of God. If you can, please turn your Bibles to Genesis 12. Point number one, it takes radical knowledge of who you are and who God is. Genesis 12. The Bible says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, in verse 1, your people, and your father's household, to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That is what God said to Abraham. And in chapter 17, you see what else it says to Abraham? In verse 1 to 5, it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down. And God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham. For you, for I will make you the father of many nations. Abraham knew who he was. He said he knew he was the father of many nations. It's literally his name meant the father of many nations. What does your name mean according to the word of God? You know, I think about my own name. When I was born, my, my mom and dad named me Baba Tomiwa. So, this, 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 this is the debut of my real name, guys. Baba Tomiwa. Well, what does that mean? It means God draws me close to Him. And I know that my calling is to be the person who draws people close to God. What is your name? Is your name just Dominic? Is your name just Roger? Is your name just Hillary? Is your name just Stella? Is your name just Adeline? What is your name? This seems very trivial, but I want you to think about this. <laughs> what is your name, guys? <laughs> and what are you doing with your name? Because before you can advance in any area, first of all, who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Who are you? You need to know who you are before you can do anything. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I want, I want to be somebody who knows what they show you here. 
Wale Shoenga is one of the most amazing literature writers in the world. He was born in Nigeria and he lives to this day. He's very old, very bright, very wise, but full of gray hair. Very, it's like it's an amazing afro. So amazing and it's so gray, but always in the right state. When he speaks, he speaks like someone who is well learned. And people listen to him. He won, he won, he won an, uh, an Oscar, no, not an Oscar, uh, a Nobel Prize award. The first Nigerian writer to win a Nobel Prize award. He fights for peace everywhere. You know, so I, I was like, okay, so who do I want to be? What about me, myself? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And I said, you know what? I want to be that disciple that is still there when I'm very, 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 very old. With gray hair on my hand, with my walking stick and my Bible. And I'm going, make disciples. Make disciples. I might be more than 99 years old, but I'm still making disciples. I'm walking around with my stick, advancing the kingdom of God. I'm making disciples. And I'm like, seek God. The world has to be your standard. Become a disciple. Be baptized. Repent. Or the other way around. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? Come into the kingdom of God. Come follow me. And if there's any area like I have my stick on my side, just to bring some faster repentance in there. That's what I want to be. But what about you? Who do you want to be? What is your dream for when you're 99 years old and the Lord tells you that you're going to be a father of many nations? What is your dream? What do you want to be? I give it this challenge. Go home and pray about this. <laughs> Simple challenge. Go, go home and pray about this. Well, God, tell me I preach a message on cultural <laughs> advancements, and I want to know who I want to be, actually. So, Lord, tell me what, what does my name mean? Go home and don't come back unchanged. Go wrestle with God. Because the only way to advance is to know who you are. And if you're visiting us for the first time, can I see your hands in the air, please? If you're joining us for the first time, let me see your hands, please. I'm not going to call you to do anything strange. Just lift up your hands. Okay, 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 okay. Well, I, I, I really hope you enjoyed the bake-off. But most of all, I hope you enjoy the Word of God. You know, the bake-off is awesome. But what is more awesome is God's Word. Amen? And so, my second point for you guys today is, it takes radical love to advance the kingdom of God. Radical love. Radical love. You know, when, when Philip said, when, sorry, when Paul said in Philippians 3, he said, I want to know Christ. I was like, oh my goodness. 30 years of disciple, an apostle of Jesus, a servant called to preach the word of God to the Gentiles. And he says, you know, I've been everywhere, I've done everything, I've, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the most Jew of all Jews. And he said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I hope that you're here today and you love God the same way it says, I want to know Christ. The way you know you love somebody is if you want to know more about that person. And this is not just any religious change of information. 
And I say this because personally, I was a very religious man. I would go into the streets of the Caribbean island where my wife lived, and we would go there for so-called evangelizing. And we would speak to people in poor neighborhoods, and I would say, you need to give your life to Christ. He died for you. Okay, yes, I will accept. Okay, let me pray for you so you can become born again. And so we made, we pray this prayer with his people, and they said, yes, now I'm saved. And I did that, guys. Don't judge me. I did that. And then someone sat me down and said, some of us studied the Bible together. And that was Michael Hart. <laughs> and he showed me from the scriptures how to become a disciple. How to help people to fall in love with God. Michael gave me his heart. The day my wife and I arrived in this country, just the two of us and our dog, Faith. <laughs> so this was a good old time, just me and my wife and our dog. You know, you know, one, you know like, like she shared, you know, marriage is expensive, but at least you're still just two of you. <laughs> Wait till you have kids. <laughs> you know, and we just had me and my wife and I and Faith, and then, and then Michael Hart and Sean Corrigan come and pick us up at the airport. And it was amazing just to see we didn't even know each other that much, but he gave me his heart. And then the guys at customs were like, no, your dog is from a foreign country. We don't know where that country is. We're like, really? It's a country within the Dutch territory. How can we not know where Bonaire is? And they kept the dog back there, and Michael stayed behind. Sean came with his car, picked our dog with this big, you know, this, this rather big kennel for, for the dog. We put everything in there, drove to our new home. They stayed there with us. We got the keys to our new house like 11 midnight. It was still there. The next week they came to our house, encouraging us, giving us love. And then we read the Bible. And that's when it started. That was the twist of love. A new kind of love again. You know, it was first of all very cuddly love. And then a new love came. The love of truth. And I want to inspire you to know that, hey, we cannot just love in a very cuddly way. We need to love in a very truthful way also. But how do you do this? Give your heart. When Muhammad became a disciple, I gave him my heart. I really gave him everything. When Ian became a disciple, we said, we're going to give everything. Michael, Michael Limson was so tired. The next day he cried because he was ah, oh, I'm so exhausted. We need to go again to another Bible study. Forceful advancement is only possible when we give all our hearts. Loving God. Loving one another. Not, not because this person is sharper. Not because he looks awesome. Not because he wears a linen trousers. Not because he's, he's, he's got a you know, great physique or she's so pretty. But because you are brothers and sisters. Let us love one another deeply. Let us love the world. I want to give you the challenge. Hey guys, ready? I want you to go out today. When you go to your work, people call you the hugger. When you go to school, they call you the hugger. Because you are hugging everybody into the kingdom of God. You want to love people radically. You want them to think like, wow, why are you hugging me? 
Why do you love me so much? Well, because Jesus loved you first. And he loved me also. So I'm loving you back in the same way. Let us go love. And it's not a religious love, like I said. Because I was there, and I was pointless. But it's the love of truth. Really connecting with people by giving them your heart. Because God said he would give us everything we give, we give up. Everything we'll give back again. Are you guys with me? Yeah. You, know, you know, when Paul preached a message uh, in, I think, Acts 20. And he was preaching all night long. And he was preaching all night long. Preaching to the next day. And then a guy fell asleep and fell down and died. <laughs> And then Paul went there, jumped on him, gave him life. And then he got up, and the next morning he went away after preaching the whole night long. So, I'm not going to take that long. Just give it some more time. I'm not going to take that long, but I want to give you the message of Jesus. Amen? And so, you know, I, I walked into a bookstore um, last, I think, two weeks ago. So, I, I live in Clapham Junction for those who live in South London. Come, come on over. And, uh, and there's this bookstore called The Cornerstone. And we know where The Cornerstone is, right? Jesus. 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 I, 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 am I in Who is The Cornerstone? Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. And I was in this, in this bookshop. And, and, I, and I walked up. But I saw a, a, a cafe next to The Cornerstone. And they said, Cornerstone Cafe. So I was like, it's interesting. I've never seen that before. So I walk in there. And they sell Christian books, Bibles, everything. Yeah. I was like, wow, awesome. Let me go in there and see. Probably there's a chance that maybe, maybe we could use that space for something in the kingdom of God. So I walk in there and I said, hey, man. I said, I'm on the phone. So, okay, hey, man, just wait in there. And, said, and then she comes to me. I was just wondering, you know, there's this cafe there, and I was, is that for public use? Do you guys share the use or something? No, it's for us. That's where we have our meetings. Okay, so do you guys ever rent it out or lease it out to anyone? No. Here's the Bible verse. Goodbye. I was like, okay, Bible verse. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, that's not loving. That's not loving. And I was like, wow, thank God I am in the London International Christian Church. Thank God I can come here and I'll be feel loved. Thank God my brothers and sisters check upon me as I check upon them. Let us love one another. Final points for you. It takes radical obedience. Radical obedience. Now you guys know what's going here because if you do not love, how will you obey? Radical obedience to Matthew 28. We're still in Genesis, right? Let's go to chapter 17 in verse 6. It says, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. 
I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and God of your descendants after you the whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner I will give as an everlasting possession to you and the descendants after you and I will be their God then God said to Abraham as for you, you must keep my covenant you and your descendants after you for the generations to come this is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, so that's you guys the covenant you are to keep every male among you shall be circumcised so don't worry guys I won't circumcise you, don't worry thank God we're under, we're under grace and it says you are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you for the generations to come every male among you who is 8 days old must be circumcised so what does Abraham do? Does he say, well, God, I know you've blessed me. I know I'll be the father of many nations. I know that I'm with you. you walk with me. You're my friend. I love you. So, maybe not the circumcision. But I will obey you, not the circumcision. What does he do? Well, let's keep on reading. In verse 23. On that very day, Abraham took his own son, Ishmael, all those born in his household, or but with his own money. Every male in his household and circumcised them as God told them. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. And his son Ishmael was 13. I mean, if you are older in the kingdom of God, don't worry. You can still obey God's word. If you are young, don't worry. You can still obey God's word. I like when the Bible put the contrast of a 99-year-old and a 13-year-old. That's what the kingdom of God is. It's comprised of every single one. And all of us have to obey God's word. And when Peter preached the message, he preached out of obedience. We need to obey God's word. Obedience is what makes us forcefully advance. Forcefully advance. When I think of obedience, I think of growing up in Nigeria and people like, they were, when you're a child, they, they really teach you how to obey from birth. <laughs> they were like, oh my goodness. Congratulations, Mr. Adewumi. Man, God has blessed you all. Look at, look at your amazing baby. She is so cute. Well, I pray she becomes an obedient child. <laughs> and the uh, child is five years old. Oh, going to school. When you get to school, make sure you obey your parents or your teacher. Sorry. Obedience is drilled into children in Africa. But how much more between you and God? <laughs> How much time between us and God? We will, do we have to be really forced to obey? Or can we just say, well, God said, well, you know, obey me and I'll bless you. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's very easy, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Obedience is hard. It is extremely hard because you need to deny yourself. You need to deny every part of yourself. So I want to inspire you today to... Be like the military. Be like the 300 Spartans who obeyed God's word. And in everything you're doing, do it for God's glory. 
I want, to, I want to inspire you to stop praying prayers that are not for God's glory. Stop praying prayers that are just for yourself. Stop praying prayers for God's glory. When you're in a Bible study, it is for God's glory. When you're having a quiet time, it's not for you. It's for God's glory. When you're sharing your faith, you're not sharing your faith, you're preaching the word of God for God's glory. When you're on the street, you're even walking for God's glory. Everything you're doing is for God's glory. And I, 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 I spur you on to think like, when you do this, God will truly bless you. In closing, you guys ever play chess? Yeah. Any chess fans in the house? Uh, Meno Meno is fired up. He's like, yeah, I play chess. And Meno won from me one day. So it's like, he's so fired up there. <laughs> you know, chess is an amazing game. In chess, you have all the different pieces. And what are they doing? They're working to fight to protect the king. The king. The king. The king. All the pawns fighting for the king. The rooks fighting for the king. The tower fighting. The knight, very unexpected. Oh, boom, baptism. <laughs> the pawns. The pawns, very steady. Boom, baptism one. Boom, baptism two. Boom, baptism three. It's like this, like a, uh, what a drop. Boom, All for God's kingdom. I want to inspire you to really believe that you are the father of many nations. You are the mother of many nations. You are that chess piece that God has put there to advance against Satan's kingdom. To take back souls from the lost world. To do all this for God's glory. So that on the last day, on the last day, let me read the scripture to you guys. In Revelation 21. And I love this scripture because this is what spurs me on to continue to do what I do. The Bible says in verse 1, 21, chapter 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the whole city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And this is the most amazing part. And he says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. I mean, if there is any inspiration, if there's any motivation, it is to know that Kutsai will be in heaven without tears. It is to know that Meno will be in heaven not mourning. It is to know that Michelle will never die. 
They said, no, that Dominic will stand there, being as, as emotional as he can, but not he is. They said, no, that Victor will laugh in joy forever. They said, no, that all of us in this room will really go to heaven. I want to inspire you, if you're with us for the first time today, do not go away from this place without setting up a Bible study. Do not let anything steal your name. Don't let Satan steal who you are born to be. To be the man of God that you are meant to be. To be the woman of God that he called you to be. This is not a trivial pursuit. This is not a game. This is about life and death. This is about our salvation. So I, I close with this. Please, forcefully advance yourself into the kingdom of God. To God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.